0: From the gun, Morse in the backfield, Noah Picton is going to throw again, second down and goal. He's going to pull it down, he's under pressure, he darts out to his right, looking to throw to the end zone and does. Jump ball is picked off! An errant throw by Noah Picton, And the Rams come up empty. Josh Haggerty, the Campbell Tartan Regina Boy, picks it off.
1: Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with
0: rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And good day to you, and thanks for checking out this podcast. Make sure you share it. Thanks to these great sponsors for their support. Face First Medical Aesthetics in Regina, Regina Sports Performance Center, Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon, AGT Foods, Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation, Double Z Egg Sales in Weyburn, Mark Greshner Photography, Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina, and advantage collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. And I'm coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Coming up Tuesday, it's the CFL Canadian College Draft. Five players from the two Saskatchewan universities are on the board, including Josh Haggerty of Regina, who's a defensive back with the U of S Huskies. It's time to head out in the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline and hear from hags. Well, Josh, kind of weird, you went through your virtual combine. Were you happy with the results? Uh, Yeah,
2: I was happy with the results. Put in a lot of hard work these last few months, and Joel did a great job preparing us. For this last couple weeks of uh, training, and uh, we got it all through in the last week, and um, I'm happy with where I stand. It's a different situation with uh, being able to test at your own facilities and stuff, and then submitting your results to the CFL. They they had their own way of timing the 40s, so can't really control that. But um, I'm happy with how the numbers went.
0: That's pretty weird, hey? Because for instance, Kyle Borsa was a 4.37 here, but they moved him up to a 4.46. So did they bump your 40 up quite considerably too? And did they tell you how they did that?
2: Uh, yeah, they didn't tell me how they did that, but uh, they moved ours up to, Like me, we uh, we timed ours based off of a one yard fly-in uh, with lasers to time them. So the laser was set up at the one yard, and then it timed through forty yards. So we we typically ran a forty-one yard forty, but it only timed us for forty yards. They changed the numbers pretty considerably on that. So, like we're running uh, like four fours, high four threes, and they changed them to high four sixes uh, or sevens.
0: That's disappointing too. And that it does, I mean, really, when you get into a football game. It's not like you're going to line up across from a receiver and say, you better watch out, man. If I pick the ball off, I run a 4-3. Like, nobody cares. But in terms of this, they do care. So 4-3 or 4-4 looks a hell of a lot better than uh, 4-6.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's just a a number. And, like, they're probably going more off of game speed. Like, you can test really fast, but if you don't play fast in a game, then it doesn't really matter. So some guys can just play fast. And if that doesn't translate on the 40, then then so be it. Yeah, no, it's like certainly disappointing to get those like change the numbers, but uh, I'm confident with how I mm-hmm. how I play that uh, that won't affect me negatively too much.
0: You mentioned Joel. You're referring to ignites Joel Lipinski up there in Saskatoon, a former Regina Ram, actually. Um, your thoughts on on what he brings to the table? Because so many guys I talked to from the Huskies, both current and former players, even CFL guys, really rave about Joel Lipinski.
2: Yeah, he's awesome. He uh, he really knows his stuff. He's been doing this for a long time and he's the current uh, head strength and conditioning coach for Team Canada, so he's got that high-level experience and he's been pumping guys through the combine for years and stuff so he's got a real good system going at ignite plus all the other trainers there they uh they got a real like diverse group and stuff because you got gray and black too who's more of a track guy so he was able to train with us for speed and stuff It was great working with him um yeah his knowledge is great um he's a great guy too josh do you play fast yeah i do play fast Um, I feel like you can feel that on the game film. My sideline-to-sideline speed, I feel like, is my greatest asset. I can just fly around wherever it is. My game speed, you can see it on kickoff. Um, Yeah, I feel like with my size and speed with where it's at, it's a a good balance to be a dangerous player on special teams in defense.
0: You interviewed, I believe, with six of the nine teams. Did you get a good feeling from any of the teams that you can maybe tip us off on? Uh, Yeah, I had a good chat with a
2: bunch of teams. Uh, It's great for them to reach out, and I appreciate uh, that. Um, I had some really good conversations with some teams, like uh, including like Saskatchewan, uh, Toronto, Montreal. Just got a really good vibe from them, and uh, you know they're very friendly. All the teams were great, honestly. Like all the coaches and uh, directors and staff, they're uh, they're all really good and really positive. So I, I felt a connection with all of them. Honestly, um, they're all good conversations, and I'm excited to see what
0: happens. Being. Uh you know, that it's a pandemic, did you like that it was uh, held virtually or would you rather have been in a room with all these teams? Because I would think there are pros and cons to each of them.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like uh, with being virtual, you don't really have that nerves of being in a room with like, say 10 coaches and stuff. It's just a different aspect. Um, The part that I would have liked is just to be able to have that look test. You know, when when you're standing up with those coaches, like shaking hands and stuff, they can get a better feel for your size and stuff, especially since I've never met a lot of these guys in person before. So that that aspect is missing and stuff and the personal aspect of it. But uh, all in all, It's like, you got to do what you got to do through this uh, pandemic. So like, I'm I'm glad that we were at least able to have video interviews.
0: And they got more time with you too, because before it's timed, you go down, I assume to a room to room, but here they have probably more time to interview in a a more relaxed way.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it's only like, 10 or 15 minutes at the normal combine for a team to have an interview with you, but uh, teams are kind of free to do whatever they want uh, when it, when it's virtual. So yeah, like some teams I had some really long conversations with. And so it's just like more that you can put out there about yourself and more that you can tell yourself to teams. So that was, that was a good aspect of the virtual interviews.
0: You missed pulling your DK Metcalf from the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Did you see when he met with the Seahawks before the draft, he took his shirt off and then Pete Carroll took his shirt off. Maybe you could have pulled that on a, I don't know, on a Craig Dickinson or somebody like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. I got a kick out of that when I saw that last year at the combine, uh, i take some balls to do that in front of the whole room of coaches there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, I think that would have been funny.
0: Any, uh, strange questions. What kind of things did they ask you in these, uh, meetings?
2: Um, just kind of like generic questions. Like, um, uh, like what are your strengths and weaknesses are? Uh, what have you played on special teams? um, are you willing to move away from home? Stuff like that. What would you do if you got offered a practice roster spot? Situations like that. Those were pretty common questions. Some weird questions that I was asked is, um, like, who's, like, the, I don't know, like, best players or worst players you've played against and best players? So who's the best player uh, you've played against? Uh, I'd probably have to say Travel Pinto. He's uh he's BC. a crazy athlete. He's U- tough. U- UBC yeah, from yeah. UBC. Yeah, yeah. Past couple of years. He's just he's different at receiver. He's, he's fast. We had the game plan extra hard for him.
0: How about those uh Philpot boys in Calgary? Yeah, there were some other guys that I was
2: mentioning for those questions too. Uh they're they're special too. They uh they're fast and they go up for the ball and they attack it and uh they're tough to play against. So both of them equally. i Those are the three names I would say for those questions.
0: Hey, nobody asked you about your hair and how you take care of those long locks?
2: (laughs) No, not actually. Some some people commented liking my hair and stuff, but... No one went into too much detail
0: about it. Because like Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, he's probably going to get a head and shoulders endorsement. Like Maybe we can get something for for uh, Josh Haggerty if he gets into the CFL, hey?
2: Yeah, yeah, I like that idea, for sure. Hey, Hags, uh,
0: lastly, why should somebody spend some draft capital on Josh Haggerty? Um,
2: You know, I think I could be a real difference maker on special teams and defense. Um, I have the experience playing tons of special teams over the years, and uh, I play physical and hard every single snap. Uh, I'm super competitive guy, super driven to work hard and practice in games. Football IQ is one of my strong suits. I really pride myself on my film study and prep for games. I can just know each and every defense and how to adjust to certain situations. And that's one of my strong suits. And then just like, I feel for the game. I I, I make plays, you know, I'm a ball hawk. I'm physical. I can come downhill and uh, play in the box or blitz off the edge. I'm just versatile enough to be able to play anywhere. And then, uh, with my speed improving and my man coverage ability improving over this past year, I feel like I can uh, man up in some situations too. So it just gives teams lots of different options to develop me on special teams and then uh, to be a real physical difference maker on defense.
0: Last question for you, Josh. Lots of talk about what's going to happen with the CFL going forward and you know maybe plans to hook up with the XFL in some form or fashion. How do you feel about that, especially as a guy that's a Canadian? There's the ratio. I would assume if they ever did go a full merger, that ratio could be gone. How do you feel about a potential merger? between the cfl and xfl or some sort of partnership
2: yeah it'd be certainly interesting to see what kind of happens and how those details are kind of sorted out whether they're going to play american style football on an american field or stick with the canadian game uh, i've loved the cfo for so long so i really hope that they keep the canadian game intact as much as possible uh as far as the ratio goes yeah that would be certainly disappointing if they lowered the ratio is it just like less opportunities for canadians to be on the field And I feel like that's a really important part to the CFL is getting the Canadians on the field as much as possible. But if they do decide to switch the ratio or, like, lower it or turn it off even, then I just have to, like, work that much harder to make the roster. Because, like, at the end of the day, you still got to be the best, one of the best players in your position to make the team. So that doesn't change too much. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens next year with that and uh, where they go with it.
0: Josh, thanks for this, man. Best of luck. I'll be uh, eagerly anticipating uh, your future in professional football. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. And let's keep this podcast going as we head back out on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Check them out in Saskatoon at 262 Roof. Thanks to Kevin Welsh for getting on board. He's a huge Rider fan, so he'll like this next segment. It's uh, from the sports cage recently that I hosted. We had Coach Craig Dickinson of the Riders on, teeing up the CFL draft. How much say do you get in the draft? How, how much input do you get in this draft? And And what would your draft needs be through the coach's eyes?
3: Uh, Jeremy does a really good job, Michael, of involving us in the draft. Each coach evaluates all the all the players at his or her position. Um, each coach also gives a grade. Um, the coordinator also gives a grade, I should say, to everybody on offense and everybody on defense. And I also get a grade on these guys. So um, Jeremy in, involves all of us in the draft. Ultimately, it, it's his decision, and we support uh, what he decides. And most of the time, we're in complete agreement, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's really been a lot of fun working on the draft with Jeremy. We've had a few meetings this week on it. And we'll have one more early next week before Tuesday's draft. Uh, and as far as needs, I think we're in pretty good shape. Um, you know, one one that sticks out a little bit is we're a little thin at D-tackle, you know, with Mac Henry and Charvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we could get a good player there, it wouldn't it Wouldn't hurt us one
0: bit. Yeah. So, what do you and and what do you make of uh, some of these kids in the Saskatchewan schools? Like Lacambo, his brothers in uh, in the CFL already comes from the U of S, tested pretty well. Kyle Bors is an absolute machine. Now, his question mark would be. Ring rust because he hasn't played uh, in a very long time because he had the suspension in 2019. Uh, Bergloff's a nice big center with the U of S. Hagerty, Regina kid. that's a safety and a halfback, good special teams player. And Robbie Lowe's, who actually you'd know well because he was a guy that was a junior football player that has some CFL experience going to camp with you guys back in the Chris Jones days.
3: Yeah, I actually saw Robbie Lowe's virtual combine, and he looked very familiar, and I realize, yeah, I have seen this guy before. <laughs> either I've seen him either in our locker room, or maybe I've seen him in, a, in a, a Regina Rams game or something. So he looks good. He he tested really well. Robbie did, and he can run. I think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna help somebody in some way. I would think. Uh, lacombo is a good football player. His coaches love him, and he's got some really good genes. I mean, his brother's a heck of a football player. Although genes aren't everything, because I am related to Dave Dick. <laughs> Can't put a lick. So <laughs> they're not everything.
0: That's good. And uh,
3: the fourth kid, by the way, he he's done everything he can. Kyle has to to impress people to show us, you know, what he he's like right now. His combine was outstanding. He was fast. He was strong. He was lean. um has not played in a while, but but I think he's going to help somebody. He's going to uh, help on special teams, and I think compete for a backup running job. So. There's some good ones. Bergloff's a good football player, too. So, as usual, the the, the Sass boys, Hagerty included, are good football players, and I think all those guys you mentioned are going to be signing with somebody. Whether they get drafted high or not, I, I yeah. couldn't tell you. I think some of them will, but I think all of them will get a shot when, uh, when it's all said and done. And
0: does that really matter in the CFL? It's not like we're talking the difference between a millionaire and, you know what I mean, like in terms of money. I don't really think, like, does it really matter? coach like as long as you get a as long as you get a ticket to the dance and you have no chi- and can have a chance
3: yeah i don't think it really matters it does matter in the nfl because they invest so much money in those early draft choices that if you get drafted early in the nfl and you're right i just saw javon holland go mm-hmm. on the tv right now as i'm speaking with you um if you get drafted in the nfl in the first two rounds especially maybe even three they got so much money tied in you that there's no way they're going to cut you it looks stupid. So they're gonna they're gonna keep you around for at least two or three years. And that's why when a guy like Devon Holland goes in the second round, that's gonna be tough for teams to, to draft him in the CFL because you probably won't see him for a couple of years. Now, if you do see him you're getting an awfully good football player, so there's some some uh, benefit to that as well. But anyways, I don't think to answer your question, Michael, I don't think where you get drafted in the CFL is nearly as important As it is in the NFL, I think if you get drafted or even if you sign as a free agent, you've got a good chance to come in and make the team based on how you play and how you look in camp. Coming to you live from the
0: Regina Sports Performance Center studio, it's Ballsy here. And uh, go check them out, Aubrey Stedman and the gang, 1440 Broadway Avenue. It's time to head out in the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline, speak with Pete Pasco, my color commentator on the Regina Rams broadcast. You know more for his work on Access Now Sports and Locker Talk. Pete, how long you been doing that show for? Oh my
1: goodness. Um, Well, funny that you should be the person <laughs> asking because you and I started back in 2001.
0: Yeah, that's and it was a sports zone, wasn't it?
1: That's right. It yeah. was. And we were on location at a local watering hole and
0: yeah. that was interesting. Yeah.
1: Camera to... time a whole different meaning.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey uh, Pasco, first off, have you been to the Regina Sports Performance Center facility out there on Broadway Avenue?
1: Interestingly enough, I've done a story on them for a, a tourism magazine, but I haven't actually walked in through the doors. I've seen a lot of pictures, it looks great.
0: Oh yeah. That's great. It's great to have a facility like that. Aubrey Stedman, of course, his son uh, Emmett, a receiver with the Rams. I know the Rams go out there throw the ball around a lot. Uh, unfortunately for that dude, Uh, He starts it in a pandemic, which is terrible, but he's found a way to keep it going and hopefully it sees the other side. Let's get to the draft. The draft goes down on Tuesday. Uh, We got five kids from Saskatchewan universities in the draft. So let's look at them all and we'll start with the highest ranked guy, Nelson Lacombe. Just your thoughts on the defensive back for the U of S Huskies.
1: Like him a lot. Certainly when we, uh, well, this is going back to 2019 now, I guess. Yeah. When we uh, broadcast a game against the Rams uh, here at Mosaic Stadium, he stood out. He definitely stood out. an athletic freak, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. He can run, he can jump, he can... Uh, make plays he's not afraid to stick his nose in there comes from a football family obviously we know what his brother Bo can do and uh I think he'll uh he'll, he'll probably hear his name called fairly early on Tuesday
0: yeah if not the first or second round I'm sure um it's kind of odd when you only have nine teams in a draft you hear second round you think well he wasn't picked this high but that's still pretty, it could be a top 10 yeah. pick it could be a top 10 pick right if he's the first pick of the second round okay let's uh move on to another U of S Husky I think this guy I think you're in agreement is the top Saskatchewan-born prospect in the draft, because Lacombo is, and he's from out west, BC area. But this guy here, uh, Connor Bergloff, I think is the best prospect in Saskatchewan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, when, you're, when you're setting up an offensive line at the professional level, you want a stud at left tackle, and you want, uh, if not an athletic stud, a guy who can run your offensive line at center, and that's what Bergloff has shown he can do for the Huskies. Mark, big, tough and a little bit of a mean streak, everything you want.
0: Pete, you've been a you've been a highly certified amateur coach in this province for a long time. Do you even marvel at how big these guys are? Like, this dude is well over six feet, and he's over 300 pounds, athletic, he's a center, he's smart. Just these kids, they're freaks. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, a 300-pound
1: offensive lineman today is not the same as it was uh, 10 or, or 20 years ago. These guys can move. These guys could probably play on their high school basketball teams. They've, uh, they've got good feet. They've been repping that uh, since they were little kids. Even though they're big boys, they uh, do not call them non-athletes.
0: You know, I think Roger Aldag could play today just because he's a tough son of a bitch. But, yep. but when you think about how small Roger Aldag was compared to some of these O-linemen, like he played O-line at 260 pounds. He was not a big guy.
1: Mike Anderson, former center for uh, for the Riders, also a small guy, well. He's lost a lot of weight in his yeah. post-football life. But, uh, yeah, he was not a big player by any means. He probably couldn't make a pro team right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Well, he certainly wouldn't. They certainly wouldn't just on the eyeball test and measurables. And you know how that works. I know uh, Quinn Magnuson's son, who's down now in Arizona, he went to, I think it was Nebraska. And they were doing the measurements when he went around there on a recruiting trip. And they said, yeah, you're about... And this kid's 6'6". Yeah, you're about a half an inch too short for us at that time what? yeah at that time i think the kid was about 6-3 and he was still in high school yeah you're about a half an inch short of the prospects that we look at and then the kid went on a growth spurt and he's at arizona now that's what i mean guys like anderson and aldeg and poley not a shot against their talent even Mikowski, but you look at it now nowadays like oh could would i even look at putting him on an offensive line just the way football's changed no those guys would
1: have had to be probably playing at 40 pounds bigger than they were at that time and uh yeah. Don't know how mobile they would be with an extra forty.
0: Hey, let's go with another U of S Husky player. Uh, I had mentioned his name wrong, and you corrected uh, corrected me. And his dad called me (laughs) later and said, "I didn't realize I was in the uh, CFL draft." We were talking about this on the sports cage. It is Josh Haggerty, not his dad Jeff Haggerty. Although Josh, hey, there's
1: there's some fifty six year old dude plotting a comeback to the CFL. So. Yeah. Well, I can't
0: Jeff I In Toronto, and same with Ray Jacobs. He was on this podcast. He wants to come back at 48. If you're not a kicker, I don't think you make a comeback. But anyway, Josh plays like his dad, Jeff. Very physical. I think Josh is a little bit more speed, but he's tall. You can't coach that, Pete. He's got some good speed, and he plays both halfback and safety. Do you think he gets drafted, or do you think he's a, a special teams guy that signed kind of as a free agent after the draft?
1: No disrespect to Josh by any means. Uh, I looked at his combine results. They were all good. Uh, like he, he tested well and everything, but nothing jumped off the page at you to say, "Oh my God, he's he's a freak of nature." Mm-hmm. Uh, he just did very well, and that's the type of player he'll uh, he'll be at the next level. He'll contribute. He'll be steady. He's got that length that defensive coordinators just love in DBs now. Yeah, I I, I don't know if he'll be picked, but he'll definitely get a shot.
0: Yeah, and uh, you want to uh, talk about freak results. How about Kyle Borsa? Now, originally it was a 4.37 for him, but the CFL bumped up his 40 time looking at, I don't know, did a review of the frame by frame of the, uh, the run or whatever, but he, he bench pressed, what, 225, 22 times. The guy had freakish numbers. Kyle Borsa with the uh, University of Regina Rams. I think he'll get drafted. He's a very mysterious pick because he was suspended and then the COVID thing, so he's got a lot of ring rust.
1: Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been a full-time football player since 2018, but he's been spending his time wisely uh, in the interim. I mean, he still practices with the Rams, obviously, works out with them, and he's on his own. He's worked out like a freak. And I, I say that in the most complimentary means possible. He is uh, he is in great shape, very athletic, kid, smart football player, and he's he's got a little bit of toughness to him as well, which you love to see in a running back because, let's face it, not all of them have that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the last guy from a Saskatchewan school in the draft would be Robbie Lowe's. Bob Lowe's, the former WHL uh, coach and current uh, front office employee with the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. Robbie Lowe's is an interesting character, Pete, in that he does have some pro experience. He went to training camp with the Riders under the Chris Jones regime, so he's an intriguing uh, guy on the board. Robbie Lowe's is, uh,
1: and you mentioned the eyeball test earlier, Robbie Lowe's probably doesn't pass the eyeball test with a lot of teams. The kid's a football player. The kid goes out there, he grinds, he uh, he never really seems to get caught out of position, at least not badly, when he's out there at linebacker, and he can make plays. He's fast enough, he's strong enough, he's got that that mentality that he just loves to be out there hitting people. He'll certainly be a guy that gets a look at least as a special teamer, and then uh, wait and see what happens in terms of defense.
0: He's one of those guys like a Brackenridge. He doesn't care about his body. So, why would he care about yours?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Two people are hitting the ground, and he wants to make sure you hit it harder. (laughs)
0: Hammer, not the nail. The CFL has to find a way to uh, the pomp and pageantry of the NFL draft. I know it's the NFL, it's apples and oranges, but doesn't the CFL have to find a way to jazz this thing up here? Because I I know TSN tries last year was the best uh, effort that they put forward trying to jazz up the CFL draft. The league needs to work with the media partner, in my opinion, to make it a big event. Like I could see, and I've said this to you off the air, and I said it on the air too, the Casino Regina. Let's paper the place. Let's Make it an event. I know this is a different year, but come on. Yeah, I know. Uh,
1: I guess the one big thing uh, holding back any grand plans is who's paying, who's who's uh, footing the bill to fly prospects in, and uh, how's that all going to work? Obviously, funding isn't an issue at the NFL level, and uh, they did a great job even with this year's draft, doing it socially distanced. It looked pretty cool, actually. But the CFL with technology can certainly uh, set up Zoom calls for the kids who are out of town. Maybe have it in a Western Center like Regina, where it actually means something as opposed to Toronto, which would just be a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a very special moment in these uh, young, I was going to say kids, no, they're not kids, young men's lives and uh, why not? Why not play it up? Why not make it look like something special why not make uh, borderline fans tune in and go, oh,
3: oh that's interesting.
1: I might want to watch and see where that kid, uh, what that yes. kid does. At doesn't, NFL level. doesn't
0: that get you interested? Like, look at the young, the way they had the young kids going there, and the Kings of Leon playing in Cleveland. And I'm not once again, it's the NFL, but you can't. You look at it it? And my thing is, Pete, you got to spend money to make money. At least make an effort. Like, don't sit there and tell me the business model's broken and why is nobody interested in our league when you don't try. Yeah, that's the point. We
1: keep doing things the way we've always done them, and they're still not working out. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's crazy. Uh, Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Lastly, Pete, we talk about where will this guy get drafted and that guy get drafted. The one thing in the CFL for these kids, they have a shot to make professional football because of the ratio and we're both in agreement. We want it to uh, stay around. Unlike the NFL draft, it doesn't really matter where you're drafted or if you're drafted as long as you go to a camp because it's not like you're investing $2 million on the first round pick or the second round pick and they've got to. We'll Stupid if they don't make the team. Just get to camp in the CFL.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I heard you uh, go into this topic with uh, Riders head coach Craig Dickinson on the sports gauge the other night, and uh, I, I couldn't agree more. It's especially at the CFL level because they're not investing oodles of money into uh, you know signing bonuses and everything for for rookies. Uh, basically, you get a rookie deal, and, and you're happy to get it. But I mean. <laughs> Once you just need an invitation to the dance. I, I believe that's how uh, how the coach or or you uh, phrased it. And. That's absolutely it at the CFL level. Get a shot, get some reps in training camp, and uh, hope for the best.
0: Yeah, okay, so Pete, uh, you do the Locker Talk uh, show on Access Now Sports. Every Wednesday, I think, it originally airs, and they played a couple times during the week. Who do you got on this week's show?
1: Yeah, we've got uh, a couple of incoming uh, high school players joining the Cougar men's basketball team. That'll be interesting. Uh, mm. One from winston Knoll, one from Laboldus. Coincidentally enough, those are the two teams that were slated to play in the Boys City final that got canceled last week spring. So, uh, yeah, obviously I'll be asking him who would have won that game.
0: Pete, you mentioned something to me off the air that I think before we wrap up here, why can't we find a way to get these kids some sort of football slash basketball because you raise a really yeah. good point. Not everybody goes to post-secondary play. Not everybody goes to the next level. Their last shot at organized sports is high school and you know yeah. COVID's one thing but what about the mental ramifications and everything they're missing and you raised a really good point. Why couldn't we organize some sort of three-on-three basketball league? Obviously it's not going to be the same as a city basketball championship but give them something.
1: Oh yeah, and I mean, uh, to be fair, make it exclusive to grade 12s. Each team uh, nominates, I don't know, whatever, five players that go out and play three-on-three, three, men's and women's, and uh, be crowned the unofficial city champs, play outdoors. So social distancing is is less of an issue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's plenty of outdoor courts around, and uh, yeah, make it a weekend thing, make it a weekend tournament, have some fun, and uh Give the kids at least some sort of a pleasant memory of their grade 12 year. I talked to a lot of these kids that are going on to the Cougars and the Huskies on our show, and that's great. They've got something to look forward to. But what about the ones who would have played their last game of competitive whatever sport in grade 12? They get they have nothing.
0: This guy here, one of the smart broadcasters, and he's got uh, his handprints all over local sports as he's got it covered. Thanks for this, Pete. I appreciate it, buddy. My pleasure anytime. This
1: has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Roughriders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.